Hey team, how you doing? Just before we get into this week's episode, I wanted to let you know that this week's episode is brought to you by ACC's Ride Forever. Surely you've heard of Ride Forever before. Have you done a Ride Forever course? You don't know what you don't know. While you're on Facebook at some stage in the next few days, jump on the Ride Forever Facebook page. They're giving you the chance to win one of two $100 gear vouchers from a retailer of your choice. This is all to celebrate the launch of their new campaign. There's a video up on their Facebook page and it's all about great rides deserve great riders. How can you become a better rider? It's not about sitting you down and telling you you're doing it wrong. It's about giving you as many tools as possible and different things to think about while you're riding. Things like look where you want to go. Don't look at the thing you don't want to hit. Setting yourself up for the next corner, taking a wide line so you can see through the corner. So check out the Facebook page, you'll find it at Ride Forever NZ. Just go to Facebook, in the search bar put Ride Forever, and check out that video, get yourself in the draw for those sweet prizes, and hopefully sign up for a Ride Forever course so you can stay safe on the road and ride forever. Right, let's get into the show. Welcome to Kiwi Rider Podcast, New Zealand's premier motorcycling podcast made by Kiwi Riders for Kiwi Riders. My name is Ray Heron. Coming up in the show, we've got the news and we're going to be catching up with uh, quite a fast uh, rider who's had a bit of an off. We'll find out what uh, what his damage was and a little bit of his background. But before we go any further, uh, recently I had the pleasure of hosting the Shiny Side Up live stream with ACC and Ride Forever and of course many of the live events were planned that were planned across the country were cancelled due to COVID. Man, what a year. And we're still struggling. A year on from, from the first kind of lockdown we had. So for the first time ever, ACC and NZTA took Shiny Side Up online. And I reckon it was a bit of a success. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you did watch it, you caught it as this fat kid was in the studio asking all the questions. And man, it was a completely different thing to anything I've ever done before. Usually I'm in a radio studio and like I am now, you can't see me and I can pick my nose or I can stand here in the nude and you just don't know. So instead of being in my garage surrounded by motorcycles and bottles of oil, I was in a studio with a bunch of cameras and lights. Usually I can just talk and all you can do is hear me. So if I wanted to sound like I was in France, I'd just put on a French accent and a bit of French music. Ha ha ha, would you like another baguette? But it was good though. Getting to talk to so many smart motorcyclists all over the world, likes of Brittany Morrow, Dave Moss, and of course New Zealand's fastest racers, Andrew Stroud with that remarkable Britain, and Avalon Biddle. All of them are great, so I do hope you got to check out the live stream, managed to uh, to glean uh, a little piece of information, a little nugget of uh, wisdom from the over six hours of live stream and talking to very smart motorcyclists. We'll keep you up to date about when those videos are going to go back online, you can re-watch parts of them if you missed them. While we're here though, let's talk about Ride Forever, as we've not really talked about it for a while. Have you done a Ride Forever course before? When was your last one? I've done one silver, two golds, 
And uh, let's start at the beginning, because if you have not been on a Ride Forever course, there's quite a few misconceptions. Basically, ACC have this brand for motorcyclists called Ride Forever, and they pay facilitators to run courses covering some info, basic, some basic, and, you know, some more technical stuff to try and upskill motorcyclists. And they're encouraging motorcyclists of all ages and backgrounds to attend. Now, this is with the aim of reducing motorcycle crashes, because whether it's a a small fender bender in a you know in a car you're going to walk away perfectly unscathed but if it's a small fender bender on a bike or anything more serious you're going to suffer more uh, injuries and that's going to cost ACC so it's kind of in their interests to uh, to reduce uh, any any kind of claims so put that money into upskilling now the internet is full of crappy information things like loud pipes save lives and lane splitting's fine do it with your hazard lights on so much of this is absolute ass. So what you do and what you should do is go on a Ride Forever course, find a facilitator near you, and if you don't find one that you click with, keep looking, and get yourself on one of these courses. Ask questions, listen to the answers, and listen to other people's questions as well, because you never know what kind of information you're going to pull out on one of these courses. If you're a learner or a restricted rider, then maybe the bronze course is from, for you. If you're more experienced, then silver or gold might be best suited to your uh, your experience level. Now, these courses are cheap, like 50 bucks, and that covers, that's an admin cost, essentially. You might get it on a promo deal where that $50 is waived and it's absolutely free. All, it gonna, all it's going to cost you is a tank of gas. Generally, it's a whole day out on the bike talking and practicing with like-minded individuals trying out things like emergency stopping i mean when was the last time you triggered abs on your bike if you don't have abs do you know where the traction point is how heavy you can wail on your brakes talk about cornering uh both open road and and in town watching out for things like road positioning and reading all the signs both the real signs the street signs and the other physical signs like if you can smell fresh cut grass watch out for road clipping watch out for grass clippings on the road things like that you don't know what you don't know. And that's why I like to attend these courses and just soak up the conversations going on around me. You pick up so many sneaky little nuggets of information and it's all with the aim of helping you enjoy the ride and ride forever. No one's going to sit you down and tell you you're doing it wrong. They're not going to do that. You might, you might have been riding for 30 years and you've been doing something right to get to this point. But it's about confidence boosting. It's about breaking it down and thinking about what we're doing, why we're doing it and are we doing it properly. Could we be doing it better? No one ever stops learning. So if you seriously think you know it all, you're probably lining up for a crash. Do yourself a favour. Sign up for a Ride Forever course. If you're the type of rider that puts the bike away for winter, then maybe sign up now for one in early spring, maybe September. If you're going to ride all the, all the way through winter, then what better excuse have you got to go and do a Ride Forever course now? But seriously, do one. Do a Ride Forever course. Then fire me an email and tell me how it went, what you did, who you, who you went with, where you rode to, any information you picked up. I'd love to hear from you. Podcast at kiwirider.co.nz. Do yourself a favour though and do a Ride Forever course. Right, let's get into the news. Pricing has been confirmed for KTM and Husqvarna's electric balance bikes. These are cool little bikes. I want to get my young fellow one. KTM New Zealand has confirmed the pricing for their new range of children's electric balance bikes, which will also be available in Husqvarna colours alongside the traditional KTM orange. These bikes are sourced from electric balance bike manufacturers STACYC and will offer two race models targeted at different age riders, not yet big or confident enough to take on things like the SX. 
E5 or the EE5 electric motocross models. Entry level comes in the form of the 12E Drive, which will be priced at $1,259 and is targeted at three to five year old riders with 12 inch wheels, a low 33 centimeter high seat. The top speed from the three selectable rider modes is 14 kilometers per hour, while the lowest settings uh, sees the 12E Drive top out at eight kilometers per hour. The 16E Drive is the next step up and is targeted at riders four years to eight years, which raises the seat height to 43 centimeters, features 16 inch wheels, power and speed are also increased on the 16E drive when it compares to the 12E model, top speed is a brisk 21 kilometers per hour. Featuring three selectable rider modes as well as a non-powered coast mode, both KTM and Husqvarna STA CYC models allow younger riders to safely progress at their own pace before moving to either the larger internal combustion models or the larger electric models, the EE5 and the SXE. The goal of the new entry models is to help you develop your all-important hand-eye coordination, balance and throttle control. With a runtime of 60 minutes, they offer long-lasting pleasure while also encouraging extended outdoor fun. More information at onthrottle.co.nz KiwiTech Pioneer Upco is gearing up for widespread adoption of its unique utility electric bikes across New Zealand farms, businesses and households, thanks to funding from government-backed Carbon Group. The Carbon Group, with its investment from New Zealand Green Investment Finance Limited, also known as the Green Fund, are a crown-owned company established to accelerate lower emissions investment in New Zealand, and it's partnering with Tauranga headquartered UBCO to provide asset finance for a new subscription service model. The partnership will fast-track UBCO CEO Timothy Allen's vision to have UBCO electric utility vehicles on every farm in New Zealand, which represents a $1.4 billion per year opportunity for the company. After introducing the subscription model to the urban environment with our partnership with Domino's, it made sense to extend this to the agricultural sector, which is where our business was built, says Allen. This coincides with the introduction of the off-road 2x2 work bike and now with the backing of the finance partner it is a dedicated way to transition from the carbon fuels that offer making sense with farms improving cash flow and planning you might have seen these little things they're quite cool they're electric and now they're offering a two-wheel drive version that's drive to the rear and the front wheel subscription means low upfront costs and includes servicing and maintenance so there's no unplanned costs it's basically a no-hassle way of running a bike or a fleet of bikes and the bikes are more sustainable as a transport option both during use and at end of life. Almost 50% of UBCO sales historically have been from the agricultural sector and the latest data shows that there are approximately 51,000 farms holding in New Zealand with 175,000 registered motorbikes here in the country and the unregistered market operating primarily on farmland estimated to be over double that based on New Zealand. Zealand's energy profile, the UBCO 2x2 has 80% less CO2 emissions than a petrol vehicle during its life and removes all particulate emissions during use. Well that sounds like a pretty good bonus but uh, we probably need to read into this uh, and find out what uh, what what recharging facilities are available, how long it re- takes to recharge and how far you can go. More information on this story though on throttle.co.nz or pick up your latest copy of Kiwi Rider magazine. 
Stepping away from motorcycles for the time being, it's official. New Zealand police are now the proud owners of European Skoda patrol cars after the department's long-standing relationship with Holden Commodores ended after the brand's demise last year. New Zealand police unveiled their new primary response vehicle, the Skoda Superb, which is now also featuring a non-emergency number of 105 on its flanks. Police had to go to the market for a new fleet supplier after Holden announced it was pulling out of Australia and New Zealand. The Skoda was selected from a group of seven manufacturers' cars in November 2020 following a rigorous evaluation process. For frontline staff, their vehicles are their primary place of work. The Skoda Superb provides a safer, more comfortable environment for them while they're while being value for money and reducing our carbon emissions across the fleet, says Commissioner of Police Andrew Costa. Each vehicle submitted was tested against a rigorous set of criteria by a team of staff from across the policing groups and roles. Criteria included radio interference, performance and brake testing emissions and service capability and the total cost of ownership. The first Skoda Superb unveiled last week includes several new prototype features which will be field tested during the vehicle's initial months in operation, including internal perspex barriers for police officers' safety and real-time location information on each vehicle to assist with deployment. There are more than 2,000 primary response vehicles currently in the police fleet, all of which are being replaced when they reach the end of useful life marks. The first of 101 Skodas will be rolled out before the end of June, with a further 386 scheduled to hit the road by the end of the year. Vehicles will initially be deployed to training staff and district and at the Royal New Zealand Police College, so you'll expect to see a few around Porirua. Police will use two versions of the Skoda Superb as patrol vehicles, depending on operational requirements. The 162kW two-wheel drive version and the 206kW four-wheel drive version. Both will be station wagons, which provide further flexibility for deployment and were preferred by most staff. Compared to the current fleet, the 162-kilowatt model will decrease CO2 emissions from 180.7 grams per kilometre to 162, while the 206-kilowatt model will reduce emissions uh, to about 176 grams per kilometre. The full rollout and full replacement of all the Holdens to become Skodas is expected to take about four years. Look forward to seeing them on the police and retraining your brain to uh, slam on the brakes when you see any old Commodore to uh, looking for something slightly more exotic and European. More information at onthrottle.co.nz. That wraps up the news. Catching up now with a pretty fast racer, a pretty talented motorcyclist, uh, Luke Early, also known as Lost Squid. Hello! How you going, man? Good, good. Um, doing. I think I'm doing a bit better than you have in the, been in recent times. Um, you had a bit of a spill recently. Yeah, yeah, not not exactly anything spectacular um, as most people thought it was going to be, um, but just kind of took a little shortcut up a hill slid down the hill and landed on a cattle rut and broke two vertebra in my back clean in half wow wow yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna dive deeper into this but tell us what you ride usually what do you do what, what kind of motorcyclist are you um i am pretty much everything i have a love for all sort of disciplines of motorcycles so I've done a little bit of trials for a bit of fun um road racing as my partner she road races so she kind of got me into that um, a bit more and then we ride on the road a fair bit and 
motocross, cross-country, enduro, extreme enduro, anything that I can pretty much push myself in, I'll have a crack at. Man, you guys are actually quite a talented uh, pair. Who, who is your partner? Go on, spill the beans on that one. Uh, my, my partner is Amber, also known as Chaotic Blonde. And, um, and we've spoken to Chaotic so Bond on the podcast before. Um, yeah. You, so you guys you guys just go out together. You guys just decide on a Saturday morning, right, what are we going to ride this week? Uh, pretty much we decide the week before. <laughs> well, okay, where are we going next weekend? On the way home from events, are we going, okay, what's on next weekend? We literally are like full bore at the moment every single weekend, especially since I started racing and she decided to race road more. Um, it's just, yeah, every single weekend we've got one event on at least or one race on. Is it brilliant? It's got to be brilliant to be able to share that passion with, you know, your, your significant other, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. It gets like we, a, the conversation gets a bit awkward going home, especially with road racing. We had one race where she actually beat me in two races, which really annoyed me. So that conversation was, was, um, was a little bit awkward going home and I never hear the end of it. I haven't been able to reclaim <laughs> that back yet because I haven't been able to get on the road racing. But yeah, it is quite, it is quite good. Do you get a bit? Do you get a bit sour? Do you get a bit um, a bit of the silent treatment going on? Oh, I do. I got sour definitely. It, it definitely hurts me, hurt me the most more than it hurt her to see her. But I'm pretty proud of her to be able to like go from two years of riding into racing road bikes and being able to beat me on a on a track. Um, only twice though. We will reclaim that. But yeah, definitely. <laughs> it, it's, it is quite interesting. Now you do you put a lot of your exports out on um, on social media and on YouTube, right? Yep, yep, that's the one. Um, so my YouTube channel is Lost Squid. Um, I just figured, like, decided my parents can't really see my racing anymore, and um, they don't really have time. So at that time, it was purely I put it up so that they could see it because they they used to come to my races as a kid all the time. Um, I think they felt a little bit left out that they weren't able to see me getting back into it. So I just started posting it and putting it up, and then it just started getting around a bit more. So you you obviously been riding uh, since a young fellow. How how young were you when you got into it? What did you start doing? Yep. Um, okay, so I must have been about four years old. I think my mum was taking me to kindergarten just down the road from us. A little had a little LT50. Pretty much every motorcyclist that started off as a kid had one of those. Um, and she'd have a little rope on there and she would just kind of walk me like a dog to kindergarten and I'd ride <laughs> this little quad there and then it just kind of grew from there um, my dad tried to get my dad wasn't really a motorcyclist he used to ride a little bit but he wanted to actually get me into windsurfing but I kind of went to that one day and went this is really boring with my two wheels so then it went from there majorly um, and then we started getting into racing when I was about eight or nine. And then uh, all I pretty much raced from them all the way up to about 19. I would have stopped. Um, but, yeah, so I traveled all over the world racing as well. I lived in America for a little bit, Germany, um, and did uh, ICE in 2008 in Greece when I was about 16 years old. So there is a bit of a history of me riding, but I had a, from about 19, I had a bit of a gap because I kind of just felt like I wanted to do something else. Um, and then only in the last six months did I get back into racing again or riding properly. Nice. Uh, the name Lost Squid, where does that come from? 
Uh, that was just, I was traveling in South America, um, and it was just, I didn't have Instagram at that time, and then I was just, I have no idea, I just came up with it, um, and then I started writing, and I was like, oh, squid, squid's the term for someone that doesn't wear gear, but I'm one of the, I'm the complete opposite, so I just called it in Spanish, los squid, which means that's good. Fair enough. And now you're, uh, you're, you're writing, I, I think, I've seen... You're doing a lot of trail stuff. You're doing a lot of riding out a river here. Obviously, you're doing your track work as well. And you're doing cross-country cross stuff. Country. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, the, mostly doing the cross-country at the moment because that's what's happening. Well, that was just the time of the year that all of that started happening. Um, so, I'll be definitely be doing the enduro, some rounds of the enduro nationals this year because I'll probably miss round one, two, and three. Um, and then last year I had a crack at um, one of the extreme enduros just for a bit of fun. So I decided to take a big giant KX450 standard motocross bike to this event um, and I absolutely got destroyed. So this year we will reclaim that and hopefully I'll be able to do more than one lap around it. But mainly, mainly my riding will be cross country and enduros. Brilliant. So let's uh, let's go. Let's come back to uh, the wee off that you had uh, a week or two ago. Um, where were you riding? Uh, we were riding up at the Ipone Ride up in um, I think it's around Walkworth area. Mm-hmm. Um, just kind of like a, it was probably an awesome, probably one of my favourite trail rides that we've had in the last sort of three months. The track, so I did one lap, and that was awesome. Didn't take the camera. I should have taken the camera on that one because that, that was a really good lap. And then I decided, I told Amber I'd just go for a quick fast lap just to get my heart rate up a bit. Um, and within 10 minutes, I decided to tra- take the shortcut because I wanted to go around a couple of other riders, and I tend to try and ride around them without you know, interfering with them too much or scaring them, and then cut up this hill, and then just got to the top, and not too sure why it didn't go over, but it, it didn't quite get to the top. The nose just got there, and then all of a sudden it slipped, and then hopped, and then the bike launched up the air, and I decided that I'd go back down to the bottom um, and slid most of the way, and then just hit that last cattle rut at the bottom. Uh, split my T7, and I think it ended up being the T8, not the T6. Uh, straight down, so straight down so you, the middle you hit, of both you hit the cattle rut with your rear end, and that just put all the force straight up your spine. Is that the the deal? Yeah, yep, yep. So there, hit that. Um, didn't really think I had broken. I couldn't breathe, so I've never. I thought, okay, I wounded myself. I will just sit here for a bit, let it calm down, let it settle down. Um, after about 10 minutes, I started realizing, nah, there's something else more going on here. I can't really, I can't really, like, breathe properly. Um, and my back was kind of hunched or curled up. It was, it was really starting to hurt. So, got back to um, the car park, got checked by the medics. Um, and, and this is where the video kind of kicks in, right? And you, 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 I don't know how you do it. You're in that much pain, but you're still cracking funnies with the uh, with the medics. <laughs> yeah, you, yeah, yeah. I'm kind of like that Joker type of person. If I can be sort of upbeat about the situation, then maybe it'll work out better for me. Um, I can't sit there and just be going, "Oh, it hurts! It hurts! Yes, it hurts!" But 
yeah, I just got to make life enjoyable. Even if it's the worst pain that you're feeling at that moment. Um, yeah, so I cracked a few jokes. Um, even when we were in the hospital, we, the doctors, I don't know if you saw the end, they kind of have to stick their finger up your butt to check the last nerves to make sure that you, you're, you haven't crushed those nerves or anything. And the whole way through that, there was some seriously funny jokes going on. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's, I have never, I didn't know they had to do that. Um, and my sister was a, as a doctor and she was in, because it was, it was a lot more serious than I thought it was. And she was in there and they said, right, we're going to do this procedure. And my sister just turned around and walked out. And I was like, why is she walking out? And then sure enough, they had to, four of them had to roll me up and bam, there we go. It was hallelujah. <laughs> now you um yeah it, it, correct me if I'm wrong it, it, from the video it didn't seem like you actually called an ambulance back to the hospital no no there, yeah there's a little bit more to that story so the medics there basically um looked at my back and just went it's muscular and me and Amber at the time were like this is not muscular my legs were weak so I've never had my legs physically so weak that they could barely lift me up. It's a, it's a really weird feeling. I'm trying to move my leg up, but it's not working. Um, so they just gave me painkillers at the time, um, and Amber said we're going to A&E. So we went to A&E in East Coast, uh, spoke to them. They came out and instantly said, you need to get an ambulance. Um, but, but that was about 90 minutes, and we were about 20 minutes away from a hospital. So... Amber rushed me into hospital, and at, at that time, it took about eight. They had eight St. John staff sitting there who were awesome. They were, they were so good. Like, I've never felt more comfortable in my life in a moment that I really thought was, was quite dangerous. Um, and took eight of them to get me out of the car. So they said, you're not allowed to move at all. And then I was lying down. It was almost... It was probably on 20 hours or something I had to lie down for. And I thought, you can't move. You, you want to move, but you can't move. You, you literally have to stay there until the doctor gives you clear to go, yep, you can move now. Wow. And so you get to yeah. hospital, you get checked out, you get the um, the rare end treatment, and then you're just laying there till the next morning. Yep, yep. So the doctor wasn't, doctor wasn't there. He had to go through um, the... Um, so I had a CT scan, so they had to go through and check that the actual brake was stabilised if I needed surgery or if I needed a back brace. So it's too high up for a back brace, and he said it's stable enough that I don't need surgery, which is a bonus. Um, so that'll cut my recovery time down by a fair bit. Um, and then they expected me to be in there for at least a week. Uh, so the physio came round spoke to me and said, right, you can leave when you can get up and walk. So, of course, what does my stubborn butt do? As soon as she walks out the door to go get something, I try and sit up and I try and start walking. So she comes back and about five minutes later and says, okay, you can go if you can walk around the ward, we'll do a lap. Sure enough, I'd walk around the ward and do a lap. So I was out the next day. Um, most most of the nurses couldn't believe that I was actually walking out the next day after how I'd come in. Um, and now we're just on the recovery side, so I've just been told I need to keep it moving. So 
even though you've got a broken back, you still have to keep the blood flow going through. Um, and because it's stable, I just have to keep it moving. Not not massively, but I just have to keep it moving so that it doesn't seize up or anything. Wow. And now you're yeah. uh, you're at home. You're recovering. You're are you working from home, or are you just all all completely um, chilled? No, I'm completely chilled. I'm just working on my YouTube, coming up with a whole lot of ideas for YouTube. Um, and we did some. We went out last Sunday. Uh, took Amber out because she's got a new a new a uh, new bigger bike now, a KX one five. Um, that we're building and giving her some coaching. Um, she's got a few targets she wants to do for this year, so I was like, well, we need to work on this, this, and this. So if I can't ride, then I've got to get her to go faster. Brilliant. Uh, and it's really interesting following both of your um, YouTube and your uh, your Instagram accounts, both yours and um, and Amber's. So um, if, if people want to follow your journey, uh, where, where are the uh, the avenues to uh, to catch up with your exploits? Uh, you can find me on YouTube. I'll try and upload once a week, um, just under Lost Squid. And then Instagram is LOS underscore squid. Um, and then Facebook is just Lost Squid as well. So we're, I'm updating that regularly, um, probably every day on Instagram and then once a week on, on YouTube. Brilliant. Um, Luke, Lost Squid, hey, thanks very much for taking the time to have a yarn. Good luck for the uh, the no healing, and we look forward to seeing you back on Two Wheels very soon. Yeah, thanks, man. Hopefully it'll be sooner than I want. And that about wraps up this episode. If you'd like to get hold of us, we'd love to hear from you. Good, bad, or indifferent, get that feedback through on the email, podcast at kiwirider.co.nz, or you can get hold of us on social media, Facebook and Instagram as well. Check out the latest edition of Kiwi Rider magazine. Go to kiwirider.co.nz. Magazine coming out, uh, I think, this week. I might be wrong on that. Uh, but uh, if you go to kiwirider.co.nz, you can hit that subscribe button. And we'll make sure that magazine is in your inbox absolutely free every time it's released, roughly twice a month. Till next time, I've been right here and Keep the rubber side down, throttle on, and we'll catch you in seven days' time. Oh, g'day again. Hey, thanks very much for listening to this week's show. We really appreciate your company and joining us for this ride, which is Kiwi Rider Podcast. This week's show was brought to you by ACC's Ride Forever. As I mentioned at the start of the show, your chance to win is on the Ride Forever Facebook page right now. To celebrate the launch of their new campaign, they're giving away two $100 gear vouchers to a retailer of your choice. That could be, you know, the best part of a new helmet, some new boots, new gloves, something like that from a retailer you pick anywhere in the country. Head to their Facebook page, Ride Forever. Go at Ride Forever NZ on Facebook. Check out the video. It is their new campaign, and it's giving you a taste of what a Ride Forever course might entail. It's a video with a whole bunch of little tidbits of information, things you may or may not have thought about before, setting yourself up for a corner, taking a wide line through the corner. Don't worry about apexes or any of that kind of jargon. We're not talking about racetracks here, but taking a wide line through the corner so you can see further through the corner, giving you more time to react. A whole bunch of little bits of information like that. So head to the Ride Forever Facebook page for your chance to win one of two $100 gear vouchers from a retailer of your choice. And thanks very much ACC and Ride Forever for sponsoring this episode of Kiwi Rider Podcast.